Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. What up? Clam. Clam God. The Clam God. What happened to Connor? He fell off the bike, bro. <laughs> That's not funny, bro. I'm gonna... <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> is it- I- I could just envision him falling over the action. <laughs> 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 hey, Connor, we were just talking about you. Oh, Are you okay? Like, actually? Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually surprisingly only have a couple of scars on my leg. That's it, though. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah, yeah. bro. He's all right. He's all right. So, like, what was, like, what started happening? Like, what was your immediate reaction? <laughs> well, I I hit the pothole, and I kind of was like, fuck. And then I landed, like, right on my leg. Oh, my I did, God, like, kind of like a flip. I was going really fast, and I somehow am fine. Oh, man, that takes me back to the good old days. Riding the bike around the neighborhood. That is not funny, but it's really funny. (laughs) No, it's funny as fuck. I'm glad nobody saw it. I was just telling Clamp like I could just like imagine just what it looked like to see you like flip over the bike. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! No, it was actually like really funny. We have to keep this in, bro. Like, like I laughed for a solid like five minutes because I was like, okay, my leg's now broken. I'm, 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 I'm okay. Everything's fine. I can laugh at it. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god dude! Yeah, I'm so now happy. Now that you're okay, like, I, yeah. Now that I'm glad you're okay, <laughs> it's funny now. We gotta leave it, this in the podcast. Yeah, this 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 will make the episode. Uh, that's packs a bonus cut. Um, I guess we don't even have to do a countdown now. Um. Welcome back to the Internet Suffering with this That's Facts podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Cougar. Whatever you want to call me with me today, as always, I have my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts, Clamp and Connor, and we are back. Um, look, we can keep we can keep my part of the intro short and sweet. I'm back as a host this week. Um, voice is back in action, uh, but my Cougs are not. They're dead. It is over. Uh, my two other co-hosts, their teams, great spots right now. Um, same cannot be said on this end, but that's that's either here nor there. We'll get into that shortly. But uh, Connor, I'll let you have the opening thoughts as you recover from your <laughs> Well, it was going great until that. Um, but no, uh, still settling into... Um... Still settling into my uh, my classes, still settling into the college life. I'm loving it so far. Uh, stressful, but really nice. Um, going to a concert tomorrow. I'm excited about that and driving all the way out to Portland. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really having a good time. And obviously with my team doing well, it's being a bonus. Uh, I love going to the games at home. It's amazing. I'll get into more about this week's game when this segment comes on. But yeah, so far so good. Nice, nice, nice clamp. With you. Oh man. Um. Well, I got home two days ago on Sunday. Um. It's been nice being back home. Honestly. Um. You know. Uh. A man can only handle so much vacation. I would say. I go back to work tomorrow. I won't like that. But. No, um. But it's it, it's nice being back in the comfort of my home. 
having um having this uh win under the belt um because I, I can't imagine what my what happens if we lose that I mean it that's a that would have been a real trip ruiner there but um really I would say excellent and successful um trip to Seattle um and it's nice recording where I always record it's nice um, being able to play Xbox again, it's nice just kind of chilling, seeing my friends. I saw my buddy Jordan yesterday, um, so it's just kind of been nice um, back to living my normal life um, lately. And I, I, I will I will admit, I was on Saturday night, I was at dinner with my girlfriend actively rooting for Washington to win that game just because of you. I, I would, I, my, my night would have been, um, I wouldn't say ruined. But uh, I wouldn't have been in as good a mood if y'all had lost that game. Um, so I'm really glad that y'all were able to to get that done for your sake. So um, crazy game too. That was amazing. Uh, we'll get into that obviously. Um, Connor just like disappeared. I think he's. I, I'm sure he'll be back. But um, what do you want to start? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna just start with the Cougs because I just want to get this out of the way. Um, that way we can have a positive episode the rest of the way. Um, what a horrible response. I mean, I have just, I, I, I'm being genuine when I say this. I said this Saturday night, and I've repeated it a couple of times, but I have never seen a team come out flatter from a bye week in my life. I've never seen it. Now, I've seen teams come out of byes, you know, with losses, and then, you know, they get back on the run, and, and like even you know coming out of buys and you know not playing your best ball but you know finding finding a way to win, um, Washington State's been a different team and they've been horrible since their bye week. Um, the game at UCLA, you know, we created a couple of turnovers. Um, you know, we kept it close, but um, if we were going up against almost any other team in the conference, just about from from like literally if we were playing at Arizona a week ago we would have lost by just as many as we did today if we were to play who else if we were to play hell um at ASU we probably would have lost that game with how badly we played um, against UCLA and then this game you come back home homecoming game you get a chance to bounce back it's an emotional game you know your former quarterback's coming to town even though he doesn't play in this game you know um there's still, you know, a lot of excitement going on there. Um, you come back home and you get blown out, 44 to six, the three loss Arizona. Now I'm not gonna say that this is just, you know, like a horrible loss in terms of who we lost to. Arizona is the best three loss team in the country, I think, um, and they have been on a hot streak recently. They they are playing some really good football, um, and all three of their losses were very competitive football games against good football teams, and so. Um, they, you know, it's not like it's not insane that we lost to them. It's just the fact that we were so insufferably horrific in the way that we did it. It was embarrassing. It was genuinely humiliating to lose forty-four to six on your home field against a conference opponent um, on your homecoming. It was horrible. It was horrible. One hundred ninety, one hundred ninety-nine passing yards. We ran the ball for thirty-five yards. 22 rushes for 35 yards. Our leading rusher was oh. Dylan Payne. 22 rushes for 35 yards. What does that make? Like 
Oh gosh, that's not even two carries. One, yeah, one point six yards per carry. Oh my, yeah, Dylan Payne three for twenty three is the best. Dylan Payne oh. needs to start running back next week. As, as much as we shit on Dylan Payne, he's put the numbers up. He's the only one who gives a damn. It's yeah, horrible. Man. It's horrible. And I mean, you know, you can't even. I mean, five rushes for zero yards is just a horrible game. It's just pathetic. But well, at least Nakia showed up a little receiving game. But I guess, but I mean, five carries anyway is just not like. What are you supposed to do with that? No, you can't, there's no way to get any con- – it's just – it's 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 ridiculous, dude. Washington State scored on that opening drive, an 11-play long drive, and Nikita Watson ended up scoring on that drive. Um, it was very big to get Lincoln Victor back. I think that's something that um, will help us as we get down the stretch if they decide that they want to play some football. Um, but just in terms of this game – um, he helped them that first drive, and then nothing else seemed to matter. Washington State did not score um, again after that. And uh, I'll read all of their drives for you. Four plays, nine yards, turnover on downs. Four plays, 23 yards, interception. Three plays, loss of 12 yards, punt. Three plays, loss of seven yards, punt. Five plays, one yard, punt. Three yeah. plays, 22 yards, interception. Seven plays, 29 yards, we're going somewhere, fumble. Uh, four plays, eight yards, turnover on downs. Five plays, 15 yards, punt. Six plays, 44 yards, um, and then a turnover on downs on the final drive of the game. Um, I mean, like, what, what Like, what are we doing? What, like, what are we doing? Like, genuinely. Um, Cam Ward has revor- reverted back to his 2022 version. Our offensive line has resorted back to, like, the 1960 version. These people couldn't block. Um, the best middle school team in the country. Um, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. Um, they humiliated us. Um, the crowd was really nowhere to be found. Um, they were in for Seattle. A homecoming crowd. Yeah, I mean, it, it genuinely they cared more about ruining um, Washington, quote unquote, ruining Washington's game day experience than being at their own homecoming game. Um, and the team got embarrassed. I, I know if Afita, I'm going to give him his flowers. Um, we have we we said it after that first game that he started against. He started the Washington game, right? That was the first game. That he started. is right. Yeah. Um, first game. You know, we said it after that game that he was a better performer than Jaden Delora, and he should be their starter the rest of the way. Um, and he has proved um, absolutely that a flawless game. Even though he didn't throw any touchdown passes, um, 34, 43, 342 yards. Uh, we didn't even have to throw any touchdown passes because the rush game was just doing whatever they wanted to. Um, Rayshon Luke, 70 yards. Jenna Coleman, 70 yards. Um, DJ Williams got you know, 40 in there. Um, it was just a complete reversal of what Washington State did in, in Tucson a year ago. Um, Arizona just dominated in the run game, like I said. Um, they protected the football uh, because of their quarterback uh, more importantly than anything. And Washington State just let them have it. Um, embarrassing. Um, John Maytier got three passes in this game. Um, <laughs> he only completed two of them. Well, one of them was to his team, and the other one was to the other team. Um, just a horrible play design, um, horrible decision, um, horrible execution. Um, just a, it, it started in the first half, and it just never stopped. Just an embarrassing loss, and I don't really need to um, say anything else about it. And, and the fact that – I do need to say something else about it, actually. The fact that you came out this poorly um, 
after starting so well. In the first four weeks, Washington State was playing like a top 10 football team, and that's not an over-exaggeration. They were dominant on both sides of the football. They were doing everything that they needed to do to be in positions to win. The defense was so much more um, consistent on the back end. Their offense was substantially better than it was a year ago. Um, that it just all went to shit. It all went to shit. That's, that's the only way to put it. What an embarrassing loss. Um, and it just, I just have no confidence going into Saturday. And every single year on this podcast, every year since 2020, I've predicted Washington State to win the Oregon game. Of course, we haven't done it. Um, but all of those games have been competitive. Every single one. This one, I just, I, I, I'm not going to predict us to win. I don't think it'll be competitive either. I'm that's what, what that horrible. Right, and on that note, um, Washington State has, I would say they should have beaten Oregon probably in all of those games the way Oregon kind of tried to give it to Washington State, but I don't think it's even going to be that type of game this year, but we'll get into that later. Um, Yeah, Arizona, uh, Jonah Coleman, um, what a player. He goes for um, about a buck 70 total yards, um, three touchdowns. Um, really showed to be the star of the offense. I think Jonah Col- Michael Wiley's injury, um, while I think Wiley's a very, very good back, um, has been a blessing in disguise for Jonah Coleman to really break out as a star running back for this team. Um, and then there's T-Mac and Cowing who are just consistent. Jacob Cowing's hilarious. He had eight catches for 29 yards. <laughs> this, man's, this man's making three-yard catch. Three yards a catch. Um, that is a hilarious stat line. Um, Arizona's a good football team, and nobody on Arizona's remaining schedule is safe. Um, there is no easily beating Arizona for the rest of this season, on, as long as they keep Noah Fafita as the starting quarterback. Um, there is no easily beating Arizona this year. Um, I, do I still think... Oregon State beats them in two weeks. Yeah, do I? Yeah. I don't even know if I think UCLA beats them, um, or Utah. I in Tucson. I don't even know if I would say that because <laughs> this team went at USC, played well. They played well against Washington. Um, played well at Mississippi State. It was a crazy right, and with with Jaden Delore throwing four Jayden picks, Delore, yeah. no Fafita wins them that game. Absolutely. Um, in my opinion, at least, and I, maybe Oregon State goes into Tucson, blows them out, and I pump the brakes on Arizona a little bit. But Noah Fafita's three for three on having very, very efficient and good games. Um, and well, while I think I well, while I obviously hope that's going to happen, I don't see us blowing the brakes off of an Arizona team on the road, especially how we play on the road. I think we win for sure. Great. But I don't think we blow them out of the water. I think, if anything, we win by, like, 14 or 17 at the highest. Right, yeah. And Arizona's – um, Oregon State's better to play Arizona than the past three teams. The past three teams they've played entered without outstanding running games. Um, like I still Washington, feel like USC, USC had it, though. I feel like USC had it. Um, USC. Should I, I feel like Washington had it too. I just didn't think either team. Well, they played eight defensive backs against Washington, and we yeah. found a way to get Dylan Johnson going. 
you know, I really thank Arizona for playing that way because um, I think we'll get into the Oregon game, but I think that made an impact um, against how we play a ton of DBs because Oregon employed that as well. Um, Cam Ward, I really, really, really have been bamboozled, led astray, all those other things Stephen A. Smith said that day. Um, you're the same. You're the same brother you were last year, bro. Yeah. Um, fumbles, interceptions. It, it, what a poor performance! And you go twenty-two of thirty. You play pretty efficient football when you're not giving the ball to the other team. Um, you find absolutely no way of running the ball. Um, you get sacked oh, only twice here, it says, but I, I don't know. It feels like there were a lot of TFLs on Arizona's side. It also only says four, but it felt like Arizona was getting pretty significant penetration and pressure in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's a big testament to the fact that Washington State can't run the football. Jalen Jenkins and Nikki Watson – Good duo last year, but at times Washington State couldn't really run it with them, and that has not changed. Ben Arbuckle doesn't lean on his run game. Even with a good start to this game, of course, Arizona going, first of all, why go for two at the start of a game? I don't get it. Because you put yourself down if Arizona scores a touchdown, and what do you know, four plays later, Arizona does just that. One thing I will say is I see a lot of other teams doing that. Oregon's done that on the very first touchdown of every single game they played. Yeah. So it's it, it might be a quote unquote analytics thing, but I just don't. Well, see Well, we did it against um against Northern Colorado. Um, you just you line up and see if you get a look that you like, and if you get that look, then you go for the play, obviously. But it's like, um, I get the idea, you know, you get a an extra point. That you wouldn't have otherwise, but it's like, um, that's your defense. You do that at home. I mean, I just, yeah, I feel like, especially on the road, if you're on the road, then it's like, you know, get as many points as you can, um, yeah. set them, set them off, make them uncomfortable. Um, you put yourself behind the eight ball doing it at home. Yeah. You're going for it on fourth on your second drive. I mean, you put, you put your team in a spot where it's 10 to six right off the bat when you had a great opening drive, (laughs) like you've put yourself down. And from there, I always feel like a starting like that leads to just further and further and further downfall. And that's what happened to Washington state. Um, Nothing else I really have to say about this one. Just, Really, I mean, Jackson covered it all. Really pitiful performance. By the Noah Fafita's a dog. Uh, if they start JDL at any other point of the season, they should be ashamed of themselves. That's basically yeah. what I got. That's almost means for firing for Jed Fish if he puts Jaden Delora back in these games. 100%. Yeah, because, like, you've got a guy that's putting you in position to beat teams that early in the season we saw as teams – shot against even Washington State I didn't think Arizona would have a shot against going into the season of course leading up to the game we kind of were like okay with Fafita Arizona's got a chance to win this game 
obviously we didn't see what happened coming, but um, yeah, there's no reason anyone else should start. I think we should segue to the one boring game of the week, really, um, which is Utah and Cal. Um, yeah, Cal um, had their Cal had their hope for a minute when uh the merchant himself Jaden Knott scored like a forty seven yard passing touchdown on the first drive of the, the game. Merchant of the merchant. And funny enough, if you were to look at the Pac twelve conference social media page, you would think Cal won this game. <laughs> they only true. posted Cal highlights. Yeah, no Utah. You're and right. Utah won thirty seven fourteen. Uh, it was a thirty one fourteen, thirty seven fourteen. I think Pac twelve posted a Vaki seventy two yard run right. Yeah, I think they posted yeah, at least one of the boxes. I think I saw that. Um, but Utah, how about their run game in this one going for over 300 on the ground? Now, Cal's a defense that's given up 50 twice already in conference play. This isn't your average Justin Wilcox um, play a tooth and nail defense. This is a bad, bad Cal defense. Um, but also, I mean, it's not also not a good Utah offense. Uh, Bryson Bond's no, got the no. start today. Right like we said, if time. Utah scored 27, they should be really happy. And they end up scoring 34. Yeah. Um, JQJ, 22, um, 22 carries in this game. Um, yeah. Bryson Barnes, Bryson Barnes yeah. even looked good with his legs. Um, yeah, shout out to Bryson yeah, Barnes for coming he's, back. And he's actually he's being really big. He's a yeah. big old dude, Barnes. Um, yeah, by the way, Connor, I – Cannot believe that Bryson Barnes is alive right now, but yeah, yeah, collapse long, multiple broken ribs, and he's back yeah. already. Yeah, and you know Utah didn't. I mean, he threw for one twenty eight, but had a QBR of seventy one. You take that, you move with that. Um, you probably don't beat Oregon with that, but you beat Cal with it. Um, yeah. but probably I think you're really happy right now if you're Utah. Um, of course, um, Jonah Ellis uh, again. He has one and a half sacks. This man is pushing double digits already. I believe that puts him at nine. Yep, nine. Nine seconds. Um, yep. Uh, Van Fillinger got two. Uh, this defensive front continues to amaze. Cole Bishop recovered a fumble. Seems like he's on the stat sheet with some sort of turnover, big play every game. Um, Taj Davis had a good one um, in this game. I don't believe uh, – Jeremiah Hunter played, so Taj Davis was their top target with seven catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. Nice job for Taj. I feel like Jaden Ott needs more than eight carries in this game. I, I'm i looking at that, and I'm like, why does Jaden Ott only have eight? I know Utah's I think front the, versus Cal's O-line is a mismatch. I thought so, yeah, I, just did, I, don't, I don't feel like they saw enough enough consistently on the ground that they could build off of there. I don't think that they should have gone away from it too early, as early as they did, um, but I can understand why they did, especially with the way that Mendoza has been playing the past few weeks. Fernando Mendoza has really found something for them. Yeah, of course. Did he get hurt in this game? Because Ben Finley ends up finishing the game. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not sure what happened to him. I, yeah, okay. And Ben Finley, it. terrible oh. again, just abysmal performance. Um, Cal doesn't get a sack. They. You know, Utah's offensive line struggled all year, but they were good enough in this one. Um, I have nothing else on this, though. Yeah, yeah. Mendoza did get hurt in the game. He came back. Okay. Or he didn't end up coming back, but he said he was fine. Also, um, another key note in this game, Jackson Sermon 
got hurt. He's out for the season. So oh, he is. Oh, okay. That's not good at all. It's probably his final that. game of college football. He's been yeah. in the, he's been around. Um, shout out to Jackson Sermon, man. He's one of the early one of the early faces of this podcast. Yeah, sure. I really yeah, wish Tyler Davis went to a different school. He is way too good to be playing at Cal. He was in that in between where he wasn't quite good enough to stand out in the UW receiving room, but he is too good to be at Cal. Uh-huh. Um, no. I mean, honestly, if Taj was on our team right now, I think he'd be an asset, but I think Taj realizes that that would be in like two to three catch two to three deep ball catches variances. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Mikey Matthews was pretty good in this game, I guess. Um, it's, it's hard to really compliment too many Utah wide receivers because they don't, they just don't really go to them. They don't throw the ball. No. Shout and, out to, um, shout out to Mr. Baki though. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, that's so crazy. Cal. You let a, a damn safety tear you up on the ground, though. Hey, but it is Utah, so he's probably going to tear up everyone on the ground. Oh, mm-hmm. True. I just... Utah, <laughs> Utah yeah. have a player play the right position, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bernard just swapped spots, I guess. Yeah. Shout out Michael Bernard for that. Where even that is Bernard? Is he, is, is, he, is he he's in out for the season, according to Tony? Yeah, yeah. damn. Damn, the rough stuff. Speaking of another game that happened Friday night, Friday uh, the 13th in Boulder, oh, Colorado. Oh, here um, we go. <laughs> Travis Hunter's back. Uh, Xavier Weaver is a dog. Um, Shadur Sanders, number one overall pick. Um, you go to halftime, and you think that that's the story for the rest of the game, correct? 29 nothing. Yeah. Nothing else really matters. Travis Hunter's the GOAT. Um, Coach Prime doing what he does. He's taking his boys bowling after one more win. Um, but no. Um, Alec no. Aomenor had other plans. <laughs> yeah. Alec 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 Aomenor. What a guy, dude. Uh, starts the second half. Before we get going about Alec Shut, clap it up for our dog Ashton Daniels. Dog, he, my dog. He, looked, he is so. He back. looked so good in the second. Half. He is so back. He played his way out of the Nats MVP. He played his way out of. He played his way out of an MVP award. What a, and he played good. What a, what a way to what a way to make that sentence work. Thirty nine rushing yards, three hundred and ninety six passing yards, four mm-hmm. touchdowns, He's, no picks. So, so we, we go out of half, 29 to nothing. <laughs> Stanford starts with the football. They go down score. Um, we continue on, get some stops, go back on offense. Elik Ioman had a 97-yard touchdown pass. Um, they end up going for two twice in this stretch. They don't get either, so the score is 29 to 12. <laughs> Um, kind of keep, keep peeping at this game and you're just thinking, like, there's no way Colorado's going to do this, right? Like, they'll get some points here and, you know, extend the gap. Uh, Justin Lamson comes in and runs, and runs in a score following a 60-yard out of the game. I don't manage score. 
Um, damn, that is a tough name to say. Alec Ayomanner. Alec Ayomanner. Alec Ayomanner. Um, 60-yard touchdown in the third quarter. Um, start the fourth quarter with a Justin Lamson touchdown run. Um, Colorado's only up by three at this point. Um, I ended up getting home at this point. So from here onward, I watched the rest of this game. Travis Hunter gets a big touchdown pass. So you're up by 10. Um, you're up by 10, 10 minutes to go. Um, and you're feeling good, right? You're this next feeling drive like, is the funniest drive I've ever seen. Alec Ionander makes like eight catches on this drive. <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling you're feeling good. You feel like you can, you know, um, you know, get a stop um and take the offense, uh, take the ball back. Um you, you know, drain some clock, drain some clock, get get the win. Um no, that does not happen. Um <laughs> after this score, um Colorado ends up getting the ball back. Um, excuse me, Stanford gets the ball back. Um, 13 play drive. Ellick Ironmanner gets, like Clamp said, like eight catches. <laughs> Ashton Daniels does his job. Um, Tiger Bachmeyer gets a hold on this drive, which I find funny. Shout out to the Bachmeyer family. Um, Ashton Daniels ends up completing a touchdown pass to Bryce Farrell. Three point game again. Um, Colorado gets the ball back, and all you want to do is just end the game just run the ball uh, get a couple get a few first downs you know you got five minutes to go that's a lot of time but um clock moves pretty quickly in college football you'll you'll find a way to get to get some uh, get to get some clock off um no they end up running six plays they end up having to punt the ball back with three minutes to go stanford only down three you're feeling great at this point um there was no plans at all when they got this ball back they had no plans to score a touchdown they were not interested in scoring a touchdown. We are going to go get a field goal with Josh Riccardi and go tie this game. It's exactly what they do. Um, a couple huge plays from Ashton Daniels on this drive. Clap it up one more time. Another round of applause for Ashton Daniels, man. Going down, leading a game-tying drive um, with zeros on the clock um, in Boulder. Um, go to overtime. Um, I don't think that Colorado knows the college football overtime rules. Um, for the second time this season, Shadur Sanders and company decides to receive in overtime as opposed to kicking um, or as opposed to deferring. Um, they end up scoring a touchdown anyway, and so you put your defense on the field. Um, and on the first play, Alec Ayomander scores, <laughs> scores a 25-yard touchdown. Where is bro um, flying? Mind you, this is, this is after yeah. um, a Stanford false start to start their their possession in overtime. Yeah, Alec I mean, Ironman scores. Just chucked it up um, at Alec. Literally just threw it up there. Yeah. F it, F so, it Alec down there somewhere. So here's what um, I'm confused about with college overtime rules. Colorado started with the ball in the first overtime. Shouldn't they started Stanford, with the ball in the second. Shouldn't Stanford yeah. have started with the ball in the second overtime? See that's or when I you elect to receive. But when you elect to receive, do you receive every overtime? I think they changed the rule. I'm pretty sure they changed the rules because it was like this for the USC Arizona game. Yeah, and that was like uh, USC Arizona was like how it is in NCAA football 13. It wasn't because I vividly I vividly remember saying to my dad, "Shouldn't USC have the ball right now, or shouldn't Arizona have the ball right now?" Well, actually, no, maybe no. If I I'm I'm on the play by play, the Arizona USC one was the old way. Guess it was the old. Can they choose? No, not after the first. I, they definitely can't choose so after the first overtime goes. Right, I, I, you choose it after the coin toss in the first overtime, and then it just goes back and forth. 
Okay, let's I'm go on Twitter the... and see. Let me see. Let's see if anybody else. Colorado okay, yeah. Arizona Colorado. USC. Here's what happened. USC scored, Arizona scored, then Arizona got it back and scored again. Arizona had two drives in a row. Huh. In this game, nobody had two drives in a row in the second over. I think the refs see, forgot no, the rules. This is this is a no, this is a Colorado issue. It was the Colorado State game that this happened. Because I remember watching it another time this year. I knew I wasn't mistaken. It was the Colorado State game that this happened. So is when it, Colorado uh, keeps electing to receive, is that what's causing this? Electing to receive, it's, I guess. It's gotta be. Yeah. Because this happened in the Colorado State game. I remember it because I said to my uncle, this is what it was. I said to my uncle, shouldn't Colorado State have the ball right now? Because um, when I saw Colorado come back out for offense, I was like, oh, no, this is the glitch from NCAA 13. If they score, yeah, they win. They no, if they snap the ball, they win. They can take a yeah. and they will win the game because they <laughs> scored in the last overtime. Um, <laughs> God, that glitch gives me so much PTSD. Anyway, um See, RJ Young made a tweet about it on September 17th, the day of this Colorado State game. And people were in his response, were like tweets, they're like, I thought they changed the rule or something, but no, they, um, I'm so confused. Like, yeah, well, whatever. This uh, other dude, this other standards. dude says, this other dude says, that's how the rules work. Casual. Colorado picks the first overtime. They go. They choose to go first, and Colorado State picks the second overtime. Oh, oh, they pick. Gotcha. And every team in the country except for Colorado wants to play defense. <laughs> Interesting. Of course, that asshole on Twitter is the one that knows. Casual. Right. Casual. Casual. <laughs> God. Dude, I, like, I, yeah, hate, I, I hate sports social media so it's incredibly the worst. Like, it's like, the imagine, worst. That, imagine knowing that rule. Right. Because it hasn't Casual. always been that way. It no. has not always been that way. It automatically maybe I mean I don't know. Maybe it has and just everybody. Maybe it just always has problems. been this way. I, and Colorado's the first team in college football history to want the ball first. Right, to want the ball I first. vividly remember the LSU Texas AM was like seven in overtime game. It went back and forth. Right? Yeah. Like it, like it was like Texas A&M ball, and then LSU ball second, and then LSU ball first, A&M ball second, and it was like that, like the entire seven overtime span. I don't know what they're doing nowadays, but uh, Shadir Sanders was just an absolutely horrendous interception in that um, one of the worst second overtime seen in some time. It's just one of those things where it's like, because if I remember correctly, it was on a third down, and so it's like, yeah, it was on a third and goal from like a forever out. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. It was on the Stanford two. They were right there, and and I think they ran like a rollout play, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they tried to get there, which God, that play can go to hell. Um, tried to get their tight end on the spot route open. Um, it didn't open up. Shooter ran around, and then he just throws the ball up, and then it's picked off. You cannot do that, there, dude. No. Absolutely. Either way, either way it goes, you have to live to play another down. If you decide to go for it on fourth down because you want the touchdown, or you decide to just take the points, which is what they should have done, um, you live to play another down. You you will you you will find a way to do something else with this fourth down play. It's not like the game ends if you just throw the ball down and just go to fourth down there. Nothing changes. 
uh, I just the the discipline of Colorado seems to be an issue. It is not the discipline in the way that you know they commit stupid penalties or whatever. They just don't seem to have any situational awareness. No. Like that was a play that you make on fourth down and you're down over time. You don't do that when you are in a tie game in the first of the two or in the first possession of the overtime with points in your back pocket. You don't do that. No, because then all Stanford has to do is fall over three times and then kick a field goal. Kick a field goal. They kicked the field they, goal on first down. They Yeah. Like Colorado didn't even have a chance to get a stop. You you just put your defense in such a poor spot there. Well, what, yeah, what they did was what they did was they just ran Ashton Daniels on three QB powers, got a first down on it, and then just kicked the field goal. Yeah, and it was just like, was just what a horrible play from such a great player. Um, yeah. You got to know better in that situation. Uh, what an insane game. I'm not surprised necessarily that Colorado lost to a conference opponent that's at about their level. Um, it's just the fun. It's just so funny the way that they did it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, by 30 I'm pretty points. surprised Colorado yeah. lost to Stanford. I'm not going to lie. This wasn't in the cards for me. I thought Stanford was as bad as ASU is. And I didn't I think Stanford, Stanford was. I knew that Stanford. I thought that Stanford was, a, was slightly better than ASU. I think that my only thing I didn't think that they would I didn't think that they would lose this game. I just think I thought that they would even like the way that they played at ASU wasn't great. They just they finished very well and I'm very impressed with that. Um it's just the fact that home was gonna be fine though. I, I just guess my thing was it's it's a conference opponent at their level. At some point in the season they're going to lose one of those games. Yeah. That was my thought process. Not so much who it was, but just the how it happened. Or not even how it happened, but just the situation, I guess. Um that led to them losing. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I'm not so surprised about. Buffaloes um, are in a spot where they could feasibly lose every game they play for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, that's not unrealistic. They they have the 4:30 p.m. ABC slot this week. Wow. But all right, um, on to the next game. We've got some barn burners here. I guess we'll start with the biggest uh, blowout which was USC got absolutely thrashed by Notre Dame. Um, yeah. Me and Jackson saw USC's demise in our, uh, in our, our future, but I did not see Caleb Williams playing like that. I didn't Horrible. see it being this bad. I only picked – I this is probably the least confident pick I've made in a long time. I, I wanted to get ahead of y'all. I wanted to be like, oh, if USC finds a stroke of luck and outlasts Notre Dame, I want to be right. And then I saw that they were down 28-3 to three with Caleb Williams throwing three picks, and I was like, nah, this is over. <laughs> yeah. There's um, no – and, and it started early, man. Like, Notre Dame started quickly scoring on their first drive. Um well, their first and drive was twelve yards because Caleb Williams on the opener threw a pick yeah, to Xavier right. Watts, and he ran it um, back all the way, almost for the touchdown. Um, two, and then, one of the one of his two interceptions, right? Um, um, eventually three. Yeah, he threw that third. Oh, I'm saying one, one of the oh Watts Xavier two Watts. interceptions. Yeah, 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 Watts. yeah, and he almost brought back both of them and right, set up yeah. touchdowns. That's um, right. He did throw a pick on that first drive. Yeah. I forgot about that. And then um, the one that really did it was the pick that um, Ben Morrison 
got, though. Because U.S., it was like, okay, he's thrown two picks, and we're still within 14. The defense actually has forced two punts, which is not very – and, and two of the touchdowns we've given up, they started off at the 12 and 2-yard line. So right. we haven't given up a sustained Notre Dame drive yet. But then and it was towards the end of the half, too, so you had an opportunity to cut that lead down. Yeah. And then literally in 30 seconds, you throw a pick. Um, yeah. They ended up getting points out of, in that half. Um, yeah, but by then, you're looking at a yeah. pretty grim situation. They, again, at the in this third quarter, forced two Notre Dame punts to start it. And, know. you know, this is the first time this season – where USC's defense wasn't that bad, and they still lose their first game of the season. Yeah. It's like their defense being bad has actually been for the better. Um, and of course, they had those yeah, again. games, and they played well against Stanford. But, I mean, first important game. And Notre Dame did also run back a kick for a touchdown. It did happen. Um, Gosh. Notre Dame just had everything going in this game, man. It was, it was, just, it was just a great all-around game awesome. from a yeah. from a from a solid all-around team. I don't think Notre Dame is as good as people say they are, but they are. They're they're top they're top they're in the twenty through twenty-five range for me. I don't think they're as good as people say they are, though. Oh, I think Notre I still Dame think is legit. Still... I think they're legit. I see a lot of holes in their game that I don't think can be fixed, especially when it comes to the top fifteen teams. I think that they are. A lot of them showed up versus Louisville for sure. I think their defense is slow to react. I I love is, Notre Dame playing at home. I love yeah. At, at home is a different story. It's it's kind of like a lot of college football teams at, yeah. on the road. They're they're shaky, but in 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 South Bend they're elite. And right. Yeah. Like I could see them beating anyone behind them in the top twenty five right now. Um, at home. And a whole lot of those teams would beat them the other way around. Yeah, um, yeah. But they, hey, their win going to Duke, um, that was pretty impressive, especially the that way that win. that was. And a, then the fact that they just dominated yes. the landing Heisman Trophy winner the way that they did. Caleb looked horrible. He looked really yeah. bad. And everything was going Notre Dame's yeah. way. Audrey what what was we saw was the team down. Jackson picked to go to the playoffs. That's what. Correct. Well, That's I didn't have them in my playoff, but I had them just outside. I had them as a New Year's sixteen. Right. Um, oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. But I, I saw them as a playoff contender. Definitely. So. And I thought they – and obviously they can't really get there now with no con- – I mean, they have two losses. but Yeah, two um, losses, no conference championship. It's over. But but they can still very much finish in a New Year's six bowl as they typically do. I think Notre Dame wins out. You know, it's 10-2, really good team. But Matt Clemson – and Clemson's a bit of a challenge. It's, it's is Clemson at three losses? Not a trap, but is Clemson? Clemson's, Clemson's two, two losses. losses. Duke and um, I feel like I've seen Clemson playing forever. <laughs> like because they're not a top ten team anymore, so no. people aren't putting them on ESPN anymore. Which is funny because they they're playing the same schedule that they always have. It's just that they're not ranked as high anymore, so there's yeah. no like pressure to put Clemson on TV. Like Saturday, they're going to be on ACC Network against Miami. Two years ago, that would have been like a eleven or eleven a.m. my time ABC kickoff. Like, yeah, yeah you're that's right. That's just so funny to me. Yeah, um, 
you know, I'm still pretty – I think Clemson still recruits really well, and they're going to be a good team eventually again. Yeah, and, and they will probably end up being top 15 to finish this season. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anything else to say about USC's really um, poor performance? No, I'm not really su- – I'm, I'm surprised at how badly – how poorly Caleb played is the only thing Same. I'm just, like, surprised about in this pretty, game. Yeah, and I'm a little disappointed in the way that went. All right, um, Connor, we're going to give you the floor for Oregon State beating number 18, UCLA 36-24 in Corvallis. All right. All right, so this game was – so you know how y'all say how one side, of, one side of the ball always shows up but the other side doesn't? Right. We, we, we finally, finally showed up on both for the most part. Um, we come into this game three-point favorites. Everyone was really hyped for it. Um, as I, and we start off hot. The, the, the first drive, uh, Dante Moore throws an interception to a Arnold, uh, after, okay. So the play before that he throws a pass, goes right through a Arnold's hands, Achilles upset, but then he's like, and, and then he gets right back up next play, throws it right to a gets an interception. Um, and then our offense stalls out first drive. We have a, okay. Before I get into this. Actually, shout out to Atticus Sappington because oh, dude Atticus is Atticus. I don't know what happened to him this offseason. I don't know who the hell he trained with. Dude is on fire this year. He makes a he makes a um <clears throat> dang, excuse me. He makes a 36 yard to start off the game. Um UCLA, three plays, three yards, punt. I got from Atticus Sappington. Um right down the middle. Perfect. And then the next drive for um, UCLA was uh... – oh, yes. So Dante Moore drops back, goes to throw, gets nailed in the arm by Isaac Hodgins, and then it goes right to Andrew Chatfield for the interception. And before the game, I've been having a really good good luck with my friends lately. Uh, the the game at the Utah games when we started doing this, where, like we, we predict good players, like, like players of the game. And I said Silas Bolden for the Utah game, and then y'all saw what happened. And then for this one, I said Andrew Chatfield defense, Jack Lang offense, and then Andrew Chatfield gets a pick on the second UCLA drive. Um, so it's starting off pretty well for me on this so far. Um, the third UCLA drive. And then we go down, um, and Aiden Childs comes in for the third drive, which has been a thing for the past three games, and throws another touchdown. He goes two for two and a touchdown to Jack Filling, which is, I mean, I'm so excited for him, dude. I have you. Y'all have no idea how excited I am for Giles yeah, if he stays. If he stays. He stays. Um, UCLA drives down the field on a really good six-play, seventy-five-yard drive. Um, TJ Harden shows off his ability. Harden was really good for them this game. We could not stop the run at all. Um, and then Colin Schley, they ran like a quarterback option <laughs> scheme with him because Dante Moore was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. I don't know why they didn't do this the entire game. So silly. And the funniest thing is, <laughs> and Dante trotting back out of the field for the next drive was like, or for the next play was like that uh, the video of uh, Jimmy G getting ready for the drive in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. That's how I felt watching Dante run back out of the field and yeah. do that play for College League. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. College League, like, some really good runs. <laughs> <laughs> Runs and then Dante Moore trots back out and then throws a touchdown. So it worked that drive. Uh, the the two the two uh, scheme offense for that drive worked. Uh, it was a weird touchdown too because Dante got absolutely drilled in the backfield. 
um, but somehow completed it to um, to Logan Loya for a 10-yard touchdown. Logan Loya almost didn't catch his pass. It hit him on the knee, and he clamped it against his knee, but he brought it in and ran for a touchdown. The clamp guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logan Loya, the clamp god. Uh, next drive. Oh, no, not another player being me. <laughs> <laughs> next drive, we're driving down the field. A uh, good return from, from um, Silas Bolden. And then we get to about the – it gets about the midfield. Uh, a family runs to about the midfield and then fumbles the ball. UCLA gets it. And then UCLA drives down for a field goal. Nine plays, nine, nine plays, 29 yards. Pretty solid stand by our defense. Carson Steele was all around the field this game. Dude was a really tough runner, which, I mean, you could have seen that from his ball state tape. Dude was dude just tough in the trenches. Um, Hard to bring down kind of guy. Um, You could say he's a hard worker. Uh, <laughs> you got the dog in him, you know. Yeah, really, really got that. Really got that last first man in, last last man out mentality. Hyper mentality. Yeah, yeah we, we we haven't said that in a minute. Um, the next drive, ten plays, seventy-seven yards. Uh, one thing I need to say is DJ looks so much better in his new in, in in the last couple. He looks just like way more comfortable. He looks way more composed. Uh, we they, we did get held to a field goal though. We stalled in the red zone, which was fine because uh the next drive Dante Moore throws his third pick six in three games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right before half, Dante looks at the out route. I think it was, I think it was towards J Mike who was clamped all all game. He did not have any room for separation. Get this from the secondary. Uh, Ryan Cooper picks off the out route, times it perfectly, and runs it all the way back for a 67-yard touchdown right before the half. It was a huge momentum shift um, and one of the plays of the game for sure. Dante Moore is an idiot. He yeah. is so talented, but he makes the stupidest throws, dude. Dante Moore <laughs> throws an interception on the opening drive every game, and he throws an interception right before halftime every game. Every game. Yep. Every single game. He just he just has no anticipation abilities, man. Mm-hmm. He cannot anticipate a defense to save his life. And it's up it's to like, seven of them on the season. Jesus. <laughs> again, he's just he's so talented. There's it's a, a lot of throws that PBR. There's a lot of throws that you see that he makes where it just flashes and it's like, man, he could be really good. I don't even the accuracy is still good because the, the picks are so damn clean. <laughs> like It's not like he's throwing it to the defensive backs. It's just they're so easy for college-level defensive players. Like You just can't do some of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you got to learn at some point. Um, and I think he will. He will. He has time. Yeah. Don't give up on him, but Jesus, Dante. <laughs> yeah. So the next two drives are punt, punt. So five plays, 13 yards, four plays, 17 yards by both teams, not the best offensively. And then the next drive, two plays, 58 yards, and that's capped off by a big touchdown by Silas Bolden, a 43-yard pass from DJ. Dude was wide open. DJ placed it perfectly, blown coverage, not really much else to uh, say on that one. Um, Next drive. Keegan, dude, Keegan Jones is one of the fastest players I've ever seen in IRL. That man can fly. Yeah, he's uh, his past people, man. Number 22 on UCLA. That man can fly, dude. Um, So they ran this whole <laughs> option look again. Uh, Keegan Jones 
14 yards. Colin Schley, 6. Keegan Jones, 12. Colin Schley, 28. And then uh, TJ Harden, 9-yard run for a touchdown. The Colin Schley, 28-yard one was a big one because he broke like two. T- he, that, it should have been a sack. It should have been a loss, loss of yards, but he somehow broke it off and took it down the sideline. And then uh, the next drive, four plays, 77 for a touchdown. This is one of my favorite drives I've ever had this season. Um, <laughs> actually, it started off with one of the <laughs> weirdest pass attempts I've ever seen from DJ. He drops back. He rolls out to the left side of the field. Oh, the throw to Velling across see, the field. Sees Jack, <sighs> he, he, Jack Velling was open, so I was right in front of Jack Velling. I was like, dude, he's wide open. And then I see DJ torque his body and throw it like sidearm off balance just up in the air off one foot off one foot and and honestly it's the best kind of throw he could make in that situation because it was like a floater to a big ass tight end the defensive yeah. back played this horribly by the way uh jack Lyons goes up and snags it uh, <laughs> for a 41 yard gain um <laughs> yeah and then and then Three plays later, uh, Jack Blank, 32-yard pass right down right down the seam, right down the middle. Easy. Blown coverage again from UCLA. And Jack Blank has been really coming onto his own lately. Dude's been a key part of this offense. He has, he has four touchdowns in two games. Um, yeah. Actually, no, sorry. Five touchdowns in two games. He had two this game. Um, but, yeah, great. Great play from him so far. And then UCLA drives on the field and scores. Big shout out to Carson Steele on this one. Dude had like 12 carries this drive, um, including the one for a touchdown. Uh, Oregon State punt. UCLA turnover on downs in what was maybe um, – sorry, turnover on downs and then punt. And then the last UCLA drive, this might have been the loudest I've ever heard the crowd in my life um, at Reeser. First of all, the booze. Um, we our punter got flipped, and I'm when I mean flipped, I mean he got absolutely flipped. Genuinely flipped. Um, he there was no block on the punt. The crowd was furious, but I did come out to find out that it was legal. He was outside of the tackle box, and apparently, mm-hmm. once a punter goes outside of the tackle box, it's fair game. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I was honestly. I yeah, I mean, man, you should go in there and body slam him, man. All those Aussie punters, watch out. Yeah. Um. Well, he literally got flipped. Like he did a full entire backflip, yeah. and nothing was called. The everyone was. I, that was yeah, loudest was I've ever heard in my life. You know, I I would be. It, it's a little shocking that the UCLA player knew the rule, but then you think about it, special teams coaches know every single one of those little <laughs> rules that. Right. Um, they're going to take advantage of every everything they can. So UCLA special teams coach shouted to him for knowing the rules and saying, smack the shit out of a punter if he goes this far. If he goes this far. Yeah. Hey, you, you, make, you make a fence, and if they pass it, you, you, you shock them. You really Bob rev up Wyatt. the crowd for Dante Moore, though. That's the last thing you really needed by doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the first play of the next drive, John McCartan goes in for a sack. And then it's called roughing the passer. He sacked him, and they call roughing the passer. Um, don't really know what to say on that one. There was even more booze. Again, the stadium was shaking. It was crazy. Um, UCLA drives on the field, and then here was the play where I was like, okay, this is where I knew the crowd was big. UCLA called timeout. UCLA false start. 
UCLA false start. Um, and then on 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 the last play of the of UCLA's game, Dante Moore drops back and is sacked. So can't really can't really say much other than defense showed up big time near the end of the game. Uh, did what they were supposed to do. Uh, offense great. Very very impressed with how DJ is coming into his own right now. He's on fire, can't really be stopped. Damian Martinez, 15 carries, 90 yards. He's number one in the Pac-12. In rush yards, number 12 in the country, solidifying why he is one of the best backs in the country. He's, I feel like our O line has been kind of iffy on rush blocking lately. I feel like if he were to be, get a little more help, he'd be way, way higher on the country stat, stat wise, but still good. Uh, Deshaun with Fenwick, besides the fumble, had a good game too. Uh, Anthony Gould, seven catches, 87 yards. Silas, five catches, 87 yards. Those two guys are going to be a staple for offense coming coming down to these tough road games. We need to get the pass game going, and they've been very dependable the last couple of games, which has been very, very good to see, especially for Gould. Um, Easton Mascarenas Arnold, 13 total tackles. He's number one in the Pac-12 in tackles. I don't know where he is country-wise. But uh, the brothers, Akili and Easton, leading our team in tackles was cool to see. Uh, and they had a really cool post-game interview, kind of just recapping like how like it's awesome for them to be playing football with each other at this high of a level and having this much success. So, shout out, shout out to the shout out to the Arnold brothers. Um, shout out to Atticus Sappington, and yeah, go Beavs. That's all I got to really say about this one. Um, big time win. Beavs continue to prove that they are a legitimate top. 15 team in the country. Um, I don't know how they lost to Washington. <laughs> um, yeah, Oregon State's in good shape right now, man. This is the best that they've looked all season. DJ continues to look more and more comfortable. This is the dude that you saw as a five-star talent coming out of St. John Bosco. Uh, the deep ball has, has been there. I don't think the deep ball problem has been there. I think the accuracy has been there. It's just he just has not been comfortable um, just tried to do too much. Um, he doesn't trust himself. Uh, and all of that seems to be gone. He's a legitimately talented college football quarterback. Um, and talent hasn't been an issue. It's just he's starting to put everything together, and now you're really seeing the full potential um, that he's really had um, his whole career. So I'm happy for him um, and how well he's been playing. Um, but, yeah, Oregon State just put together a complete performance in this game. Jack Belling continues to show that he is a legitimately fantastic replacement for Luke Musgrave. Um, and, yeah, so good for the Beavs. Um, they've got y'all, – y'all play Arizona this Saturday, right? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Okay, so there's a bye week this week for the Beavs. That's correct. Yeah, but we finally yeah. have a bye. Um, I, I hate bye weeks, by the way. I hate them. Uh, yeah, that you do after witnessing what happened in Pullman. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to the Beavs. Y'all, y'all, really good energy to be going into the bye week with. Went to win at home, going into a bye week, play Arizona out of the bye week. You guys are in great shape. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Look at you go. No. Look at you no. go. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. As much as Jackson's trying to jinx it right now, they are in great shape. And yeah, no, there's nothing. There, no, I mean, Jackson. There could be a. 
There could be a bit of a collision course for November 18th when the Washington Huskies come to Corvallis. Um, if we if we went out, it's that's game day for sure, right? Yeah, I yeah. think it is. Sure, and yeah. um, I have nothing else to say about this game that wasn't touched on. So speaking of game day, um, all right, I'll see you guys there. at um, let's see, thirty minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, see you later, Jackson. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, get I'm, gonna get my, I'm, I'm gonna get my popcorn real quick. Hold on. Get a, get a nice beverage. Um, if you're a Cougs fan, maybe an alcoholic beverage may be in order. <laughs> Talking to you, Nick. Um, anyways, I traveled to Seattle for this game. Oregon Ducks at home. Um, both teams came in 5-0. and Both teams came in um, feeling like the top two teams in the Pac-12, especially considering USC had an up-and-down game with Arizona. Everyone was um, advertising this as these are the two teams in the Pac-12 you've got to look at to win, the, to win it all, to go to Vegas and finish the job. Um, and also a big story heading into the game was Michael Penix Jr. versus Bo Nix, who can – have their Heisman moment in Seattle. Um, the game day crew was electric. The game day atmosphere was electric. Everyone, I mean, I'm talking it's packed out at 2 a.m. when me and Chase, Husky Zone, whatever you want to call him, um, when me and Chase arrive. Um, we're standing in line. There's a flight of stairs in front of us. There's thousands of people in front of us. We don't even know if we're going to be able to see game day. Eventually, we are able to, but um, it is absolutely packed out. Seattle showed out in full force for game day, um, and it was electric the whole six hours. We had the first kid to make a kick. Um, yeah, it did happen. Pat McAfee show, and that kid followed me yesterday. Um, <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Grayson. Um, kicking is easy, my boy. I love that. Um his confidence was, I mean, that's the confidence it takes to make a kick as not a kicker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, uh, shout out to Grayson um, coming out and having his moment. That kid was out there from 4 p.m. the previous day, standing in line waiting for game day um, with Lord. a sign that said kicking is easy. And the studio found him, said, yeah, this is the guy to kick it this week. <laughs> um and he needed a second kick. He needed, um, as Pat McAfee said, the mulligan was true. He needed the second one. Um, the fans in my section started a chant saying one more kick, and it spread to the entire, um, it spread to the entire uh, University of Washington, really. Um, give Grayson one more kick, and he made it through. Um, another highlight of game day was Dan Lanning did an interview and threw him on TV. Um <laughs> The boos were, I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that watching game day. And I wondered, would they like drown it out? Would they, would you not be able to tell from watching the show? Would you be able to hear what Dan Lanning's saying? No. <laughs> um, yeah. And Dan Lanning, the one thing I heard him say was, I love it. And um, I hope you also love your decision making um, on the football field Saturday. Um, I've always been confused why they would bring the opposing coach on the show. Yeah, it's um, not a great game plan. Uh, 
<laughs> at least they didn't try to bring him on the stage. Um, and I also feel like, and the amount of times Pat McAfee or somebody else, or Kirk Herbstreet said, they really were genuinely surprised by the atmosphere that we had. Um, that I feel like there's just such a such a disrespect towards West Coast football. Yeah, people don't think that sports exist west of, of well, Texas. They know they exist, but they don't think they matter to the yeah. people there. I, I think people don't realize that um, Seattle is a sports city, and before the 2000s, Seattle was very much a Huskies city. Yeah. Um, and when the Huskies are as good as they are right now is a Husky city. And I do wish that no matter what it would be, because no matter what I am a Huskies person, but over all my other sports teams, but that's not how it is, unfortunately in big cities. Um, But at the end of the day, football really does matter in the West coast. And, um, but I can't believe the turnout. I can't, and I knew it was going to be packed and I knew it was going to be crazy but I can't believe just how electric that environment was. And that didn't change in the stadium. Husky stadium was crazy. It looked Um, amazing. I mean, there was not an empty seat um, in the stadium. Eventually the one in front of me was vacated and I'll get into what happened due to that um, in a second. But um, it was absolutely packed out Husky stadium. I was at the Michigan State game, a sellout, a game against the number 11 team in the country, not even close to the atmosphere for this game. Um, I think – I would have to guess there were about 70 – the attendance here says 71,000 in a 70,000 capacity stadium on ESPN. That's Both of those numbers are wrong because Husky <laughs> Stadium holds, holds 72,000. And if I had to guess, there were 75,000 people in the building there. Wow. Um, it was absolutely tickets? packed out. What's that? Do y'all have, like, standing tickets? Yeah. And we also had um, – we also oversold um, student tickets. Wow. Um, wow. So the student section was either overflowed or students had to find somewhere else to go. Um, because – because um yeah the student tickets oversold and the student section was packed out two hours before the game um so i wonder by how much did they oversell it because i can't imagine the vast vast majority wanted to get there at 10 30 um so i would imagine there's hundreds thousands of students that had student tickets that showed up at game time like where the hell do I go? Where do I go? Yeah. Um, because it, I mean, I've never seen the Husky Stadium anything like that. Um, I was sitting over by the Oregon band, actually, and that area was still about, that was the Oregon section, still about 50 50 um, in terms of fan bases. Um, but yeah, um, the energy was, the energy matched the amount of people on the crowd. On Oregon's opening drive, um, they have a false start, of course, because of course they do. Um, and on third and 15, Oregon just runs the ball because um, that was like, remember, remember Penn State against Michigan? Um, <laughs> where just everything's out of sync. Oregon had nothing ready to go for that mm-hmm. opening drive. The stadium was shaking. It was the loudest Husky Stadium's ever been. By the way, our opening drive, Dylan Johnson takes a toss play 
13 yards. And then Jalen McMillan, who didn't really play in this game, but did on the opening drive, false starts. Um, and that really killed the drive. Yeah. Um, two straight incompletions ended for Michael Penix. But then it's time for the fireworks to start. Um, everyone in the, it was a little, it was so tense in the arena before it, before the first touchdown in the game. Um, or really before this play, uh, Penix draws Mindorless off sides um, and just heaves it for Romo Dunze and he comes down with it. It's a beautiful ball. Um, you know, the typical 50, 50 ball, but when it's Rome, it's 80, 20. Um, and he comes down with it, breaks a tackle and takes it 43 yards and on the next play, guess who? Giles Jackson gets behind oh, the defense. Yeah. Um, he's still, to my knowledge, redshirting this season. But this was a all-hands-on-deck type of game for Kalen DeBoer, especially with Jalen McMillan um, With Jalen McMillan hurt. Um, we go to Giles Jackson, and we do commonly in this game. Um, and he goes, gets behind the defense and scores a touchdown. Um, so he scored twice in this game, didn't he? Um, no, but he set up another score with a big yeah. catch. Um, and then Oregon's next drive. Um, this is where the defensive mistakes began. So Oregon holds on the kickoff and then the stadium again, just erupts when Bo Nix runs onto the field. And then what, in my opinion, was one of the plays of the game. Unfortunately, Oregon goes on to score on this drive, but, um, they throw a flat to Jordan James and Mish Powell flattened him. He absolutely – and for a loss of three. Like, as Jordan James caught the ball running with momentum, Mish Powell absolutely flattened him, clotheslined him um, for a loss of three. And that is one of the best hits I've ever seen live. Um, and But o Oregon would then throw a flat route to Troy Franklin, and Elijah Jackson really struggles in this game. He uh, Troy breaks that tackle and picks up 15 on, like, a two-yard hitch route. And, again, Oregon is – running the most simple concepts they possibly can when the stadium was as loud as it was. Cause when they, when Mish cracked Jordan James, the, the building was um, incredible. Um, but then that first down by Troy Franklin, Troy Franklin really calmed down Oregon and calmed down Bo Nix. They were able to get down the field. Um, but then we get it to third and 10 and get a stop. Um, but Elijah Jackson like shoves his hand into um, Traytron Holden's face mask and gets a 15 yard on sportsman. Like what a terrible penalty. Um, Awful. Yeah. The, I mean, this game at, to this point looks to be Washington's already to lose. I mean, it's so early, but Washington has already come out and dominated this game on both sides. And you have a chance to go down up 14 zero after a stop. And Elijah Jackson, for some reason, puts his hand into Trayshawn Holden's face mask after the play. Um, just get off the damn field. Just get off the field. I mean, you you won. You won the play. I'm trying to be a badass so bad and right, punch like, the team. Right. Who do you way. think you are? Like, what do you? You're not. You're never bigger than the team. And I think that's a moment where Elijah Jackson really makes a stupid mistake because Oregon goes on to score eight points on this drive. Patrick Herbert runs it in on a trick. Um, trick two-point conversion after a Bucky Irving touchdown. Um, really, really, really upsetting um, moment there for Elijah Jackson. And here we go, though, um, with these two teams because, I mean, we're seeing why they're the two best in the Pac-12. Jalen Polk takes a bubble screen 18. Dylan Johnson 
trucks his way to 17. By the way, let's talk about Dylan fucking Johnson, man. Um, he was a tank in this game. He was not to be denied. Um, he goes for a hundred in this game. Dylan does. And, um, we needed every single one of them. A lot of people before this game thought Washington won't be able to run worth a damn against Oregon. And I, I was one of those people. I was a little worried about that. Um, uh, Dylan Johnson was phenomenal in this game. Best game of his season. Um, I would argue that this is the best game of Dylan Johnson's career so far, um, in college football. Um, and he's had a good long one, but, um, he, when he absolutely needed to step up, he did today or did on Saturday rather. Um, and then Penix hit Giles on a big third and four, which set up a Jalen Polk one-on-one with Mr. Kyrie Jackson, who said, Odunze's next. Don't forget about McMillan. Well, <laughs> here's number two, Jalen Polk, our third wide receiver, absolutely burning him for a touchdown at the back corner of the end zone. Um, beautiful ball again from Mike. Um, but then here comes Oregon's offense. They've got, thanks to Elijah Jackson, they've got their legs under them a bit. Um, but again, we get it to third and 13 and Bo's flushed out of the pocket by and Zion's right in front of him, ready to make us back, but he falls, Zion falls over. Um, and Bo runs and reaches out for a pretty gutsy, um, first down on that third and 13. Um, and then the ducks, of course, after that, they're going to march down the field. And Tez Johnson makes a big-time catch. Bucky Irving with a 15-yard run for a first. And then Bo to Patrick Herbert makes his second appearance in this game. Um, And Oregon goes up 15-14. But again, (laughs) back and forth we go. Washington gets the football back, and it's the Romo Dunze drive early on. Penix finds him three times, all for first downs, all the way to the Oregon 41. Um where we have our second wide receiver false start. Thankfully, Dylan Johnson took a carry nine yards after that. Um, and then we do an end-around play where Jeremy Bernard throws the ball to Jalen Polk, and he catches it for a 14-yard first down. And Jeremy Bernard does the Penix Archer celebration <laughs> <laughs> after that. Um, everyone in the crowd loved that. And then we I remember the- watching that play. What a throw from Bernard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on, that was the a move, great throw. on the move, and the guy was covered. <laughs> It wasn't like one of the – usually when you run that play, the receiver's an idiot and throws an interception or it's a touchdown. Um, yeah. And, no, that was a well-covered play by Oregon. He just put a good ball on Jalen and <laughs> picked it up. Um, and then um, we feed Dylan Johnson four times eventually. One, one real one real thing about this game. Um, so, obviously, in the student section and at research, we don't have good yeah. – well, but for the first time, and I think this is like a like a signal from like heaven or something, we were actually able to watch this game. We couldn't load anything else except the stream. Yeah. So I actually Beautiful. was able to get a really good view of this game. Um, and uh, Dylan Johnson, like you were saying, really did impress me for sure. He was able to run through that Oregon defense really well. It was tough running too. It wasn't like yeah. open hole. Right. We were it was pre- like. Okay, it, was, so it was like run to the sideline, bounce outside, put your head down, and run through a guy kind of running. It was yeah. like, I'd love to see it from Dylan. Um, and, um, yeah, keep keep going, Clam. Sorry, I just want to say that real quick. No, absolutely. Um, and especially in the first half, Dylan was great. Um, and Oregon would go down and get a field goal. Not the most eventful drive, t- um, 
Treshawn Holden makes a play. Jabbar got called on a pretty if um 50-50 um pass interference where he's face guard where he face guarded um Troy Franklin, but Troy's gonna get that call. Um and I'd rather that than the 50 yard bomb that Bo was going for. And then we got to Bo. We we sacked him, um, which is eventually what led to Oregon settling for a field goal, which is absolutely massive in this game um, to force threes instead of sevens. Um, unfortunately, on our next drive, um, Michael Penix got sacked by Brandon Dorless as well, and that led to an interception by Jaleel Florence. Um, after what really was a crazy catch by Jack Westover, on a fourth and one, we go for it in our own territory. And Jack Westover makes a diving catch to save the drive. Um, but with 2.07 to go, um, Penix got sacked. And with 55 seconds to go, Penix was picked. Um, but then our defense um, showed some great resolve here and forced Oregon to a four and out on an and goal situation. Um, Dan Lanning, this is his first roll the dice moment. I actually... I, I don't know if I hate going for it at the end of the half. Because no. um, I you, like it. Yeah, because it's so in it's, up yeah. instead of down through instead of down one. Right. I, I would I mean, say like, usually you know, this this is a sneak peek in November, Dan Landing, but this really wasn't. I th- I, no. I I think every coach in a rivalry should do this. Yeah, yeah. especially, I mean, again, especially right. But the I call feel, by Will Stein is poor, in my yeah, opinion. The rollout. The field goal doesn't do anything for you there. Like you said, you go to half down one. You're still, you still like, you still need to get another score coming out of half, right? Like, you, there's nothing that, yeah. that moves yeah. you there. You want to have the lead when you have an opportunity that deep in there. And, you know, um, I, I like the decision, but again, it's my least favorite. It's, 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 it's my least favorite play in sports. The rollout. The rollout. Yeah, it's, so it's, my, it, it's so limiting and it's just so like, oh, I hate right. it. Yeah. Awful call. Bo doesn't find anyone, and that would be a precursor for what's to come. Um, next Oregon drive, they hold on a third and two where they picked up the first down, and then they stall out and punt. And then Washington gets the ball. It's Dylan Johnson, business as usual. Um, Oregon commits a pretty obvious pass interference. And then um, a couple plays later, it's Rome one-on-one with former five-star Dante Manning. Um, absolutely bullied him for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then, and then flexed over him. Um, one of the strongest catches you'll see. This is on my side of the stadium. Yeah. Rome just absolutely bullied um, him, like literally just yeah. big bodied him. Sunday. Yeah, and he let him know about it on the celebration there. Um, all right. So next Oregon drive, and this is a real chance for Washington to finish this game to get this done and um Oregon's again finding gaps in the in the defense especially in the run game I didn't think the defensive line played their best game I think the edges did a great job Braylon Trice and Zion especially Zion Zion was phenomenal in this game um what Zion did well was pretty much every Oregon passing play Zion would jump the snap count and flush bow out of the pocket and cut the field in half on non-rollout plays but really find a way to do that mm-hmm. um, Zion's ability to jump the snap count and almost never go off sides is pretty impressive um, and but it did end up with him behind in pursuit of running backs um, but I kind of take that with getting that immediate pressure on Bo um, 
because it's so hard to pressure Oregon with their offensive line. And their run and then, game, I mean, their run game is going to eat. It's like there's only so many things that you can do to limit what they do in the run game. So it's like right. you, t- you take what you can get in terms of yeah. limiting the, the pass. Right, absolutely. Um, but Oregon stalls out here. They get first and 10 from the Washington 15. They get a two-yard ball to Tez Johnson, a run for two yards, a run for three yards. And on fourth and three, Bo finds Troy Franklin – but wouldn't you know, Elijah Jackson breaks it up. Oh, yeah. By some miracle, Elijah Jackson bounces back and makes the what should have been the play of the game that won us this game. This game should be over right here, in my opinion. Um, it's 29-18. Michael Penix Jr. has the ball. You with three minutes left in the third. That should be game, in my so opinion. You've got a chance to go put this game, not away necessarily, but you get a score here. That's Right. Three possessions. I guess two. And I hate the way Ryan Grubb approached it. Three straight passes. The first one, deep ball to Romo Dunze. I like it. You, if he makes that catch, and he he was open. Penix actually missed this ball. Um, it it was open, and if Penix lays it on him, that's a ninety-one yard Romo Dunze touchdown, and um, we're going home. <laughs> right. But. It wasn't, and then you hit Giles for four, and then on third down, they Oregon gets a little bit of pressure, and Penix can't find Giles on third. Um, and then we have to punt, and Oregon gets it at the 50, and two, three plays later, Troy Franklin gets behind Elijah Jackson and scores, so Elijah's little redemption arc comes to an end. Um, I think it might have been cover two on this one because Dom was coming over late. Either way, just we didn't play Troy Franklin running a go route correctly. Um, and then they convert a two-point conversion. That was one of Oregon's only, like, short yardage. You have one play, get it or you get it or you miss it, um, plays that they actually convert. I guess they were good on two-point conversions. It's really yeah. just the fourth downs. Um, they went two for two on the two-point conversions. Um, and then Washington comes out and does the same thing. Three straight passes. The first one to Dylan Johnson for five yards was like, okay, we're going to get back in rhythm. We're going to get back to giving the ball to DJ. Um Let's keep doing that. Um, but then two straight drops backs looking for downfield passes. And I get that's our game. I understand that. I, I watch Washington Huskies football. I know that's no. our game. But don't go away from what you do. Right. Um, but you have to. Uh, well, that is what we do. But don't go away from what's working in the moment. Don't go. Right. It's correct. No, I agree yeah. with you. I'm just saying if you, you know, that, that's right. your identity. I understand why you do it. But right. Yeah. I get. I get not, especially in a three-point game, not getting away from the downfield passing, but we almost over. We we did it more than we usually do. We did it. We, we exclusively did the downfield passing thing, and I think that really bit us um, on this Oregon comeback because Bo came back out and he rolls out and on the run throws an absolute rope to Troy Franklin for a fifty-yard gain. Um, Poe's a great quarterback to watch in person, man. Um, I obviously remember him at Auburn, and that was a different player because Bo Nix is a talented quarterback who throws a excellent deep ball um, and throws an accurate pass. I mean, this is not an erratic quarterback. Um, he, he was rattled at the start of the game, but I can't imagine there's a quarterback in the country that wouldn't be rattled by the atmosphere that he walked into this game. Um but Bo's seen this type of atmosphere. He's seen um, 
because he's been on a couple of decent Auburn teams that have played important road games. So he's seen, um, he's seen this type of crowd and, but he, he marched him right down and Jordan James with a monster run to score. And wouldn't you know, Oregon's up um, after it was 18 to 29. Um, Man, shout out Jordan James for that score. He just bullied them boys on that run. My yeah, God. Them. You know, that looked like the early in the game Dylan Johnson runs where right. he's finishing. Um, but And Oregon's running backs do that seemingly on every play. They are right. slippery. Good they are – they are physical. They they want to play that type of game. Um, next UW drive, Dylan Johnson. We started off with a loss of two, and I'm like, oh my god, we're Oregon's just got us now. Where where they want us? Um, but then Penix calmed us down a bit with a few huge plays. Um, a third and eight conversion to Jalen Polk on a beautiful pass through a lot of traffic, um, where he threw Jalen open. Um, and then we end up in a fourth and six, and guess who steps? Miles Jackson makes the catch. Um, and then Dylan Johnson sprints it down to the one-yard line, so it's second and goal at the one. DJ, loss of one. Dylan Johnson gets that yard back. And then it's fourth and goal at the Oregon one. You're down by four points. You absolutely need to score here. And Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb, they bring in little Tybo Rogers, the true freshman receiving back. And they run outside zone, and Brandon Dorless, um, as if he was disrespected, just sits it down immediately. They're off the roof. We, we did no disrespect condition. Brandon Dorless and that Oregon D line by bringing in little Tybo Rogers. Great, I think Tybo <laughs> Rogers is going to be. I think Tybo Rogers is going to be. He's going to be a great don't, player. Don't call that man little Tybo. The little he's, time he's, he's about so my size. He's about my size, Jackson. <laughs> little, little old Tybo. He's, I mean, he is. He's Tybo Rogers. Okay, he's five eleven. No, he's not. He's not. He is not five eleven. He's, he's, he's not. He's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, you. If you guys watch the play, you see this little tiny running back come into the game on fourth and goal in the shotgun. Just an absolutely ridiculous play call by Ryan Grubb. I, and right here, a lot of Huskies fans think it's over. I mean, it, I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> it felt like our coaches lost on these last three Washington drives. Our coaches lost um, their sense of what we do um, and who we are. Um it um and I'll get to the point where a lot of Oregon fans will act like this was Washington's A game and that Oregon played their F game and Oregon wins this nine times out of ten and in Vegas Oregon will win this game by 35 just because Oregon also had opportunities to win this game. Um Washington played like absolute garbage in the second half of this football game. Um, from the point where we scored our um, touchdown to make it 29-18 from, and from Elijah Jackson's breakup of Troy, from Troy Franklin. From there, we played like absolute dog water. Um, and the, you could hear it in the crowd. You could start hearing the Oregon crowd. Um, the Oregon part of the crowd was starting to make them, make their presence felt. Um, 
yeah, I mean, they were starting to get a little impressive there. Um, Cause there weren't a ton of ducks fans, but they were united in their chance and in their, and their band had them going um, yeah. at this point in the game. Uh, Troy Franklin on Oregon's final drive with the lead. Um, Troy Franklin makes a beautiful catch where they called it incomplete just because I can't imagine the ref could believe that Troy Franklin caught it. Yeah, I don't um, know why they called that. I mean, it was it was clear as day that he had yeah, gone up. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty obvious that he grabbed it, but I couldn't believe it. Um, and It's first and 10 Oregon with three minutes left – or with – 221 rather when Washington calls timeout it's second and 10 Bucky Irving runs for eight yards trucks ahead breaks a tackle um so it's on a play that should have been two, a, a and if yeah if yeah if you're a Washington fan you're feeling like um this game is over I told Chase I, I feel like we've still got one more one more moment in us in this game I feel I it didn't feel over yet to me but um, obviously, if they get this first down, that's game. They run the clock out. We we have no timeouts. Um, then they give the ball to Jordan James and MJ Alle, um, our defensive tackle who rarely records a stat in a game. Um, he just takes up space and opens up lanes for linebackers to stop the run. He's a great he's a great asset to our run stop. But some some demonic force got into this guy on this third and two. He just arm bars Oregon's right guard out of his way and and blows up their third and two. I've never seen MJ Absolutely move. I've never seen him move before, but <laughs> on this play, he woke up. This dude is like a Snorlax usually, but he <laughs> he woke up with some passion and anger and blew up a play that Oregon absolutely needed. Um, and forced fourth and three where Oregon runs a rollout. <laughs> damn it, bro. Oregon a rollout runs a rollout, left. and they didn't just run to a rollout. They left. ran a rollout to both to the wrong side. His left hand. And he has to square his shoulders to make the throw. And they ran it Jabbar's way where Troy Franklin wasn't. <laughs> They ran the exact worst play they could have possibly ran. It's like, all right, roll out with Jabbar Muhammad on Tez Johnson. This is what is going to win us this game. This is 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 the hill that we will die on. This is the last time that we'll see our offense on the field. That's the the shield that they want to die on. Yeah, and it's like, why? (laughs) You have so... You have so many weapons. You have so many things you can do with your quarterback. You have so many things you can do with your running backs. And you ran the worst possible play. Uh, Will Stein, I don't even blame Dan Lanning. It's the OC, man. And, and hell, even if they were to go in here and just run like a like a speed option with, with Bo and Bucky, I would have I would have liked that call. I would have yeah, I would have I mean, been at, fine at with least, them dying on that shield. Yeah, at least you put your two best playmakers in space out there, and you let Bo Give make a shot. decision, right? And you let your offensive you let your offensive line dictate everything there. I must say, get get downhill on Washington. Right. You cut I don't think off MJ... half your field. <laughs> I don't you think MJ Ali had one more in him, bro. <laughs> no, he he put all he had into that one play, which is an amazing play, by the way. I mean, what a huge spot to have that. Um, but I mean, my God, dude, Oregon, you run it to Bo's weak side, and he, I just I can't believe they did that. 
And then my quarterback, who apparently was rapping on the sideline. He was freestyling about their comeback. Dude, that is so I, – I, I, that, that, that turned me on. I can't lie. That is the coldest coldest thing I've ever heard. And he was not just freestyling. He was freestyling about winning the game. Yeah, that is. That is, oh, my God. That's his Heisman moment. Forget the the actual win. That's his Heisman moment. Well, you also have to convert, I think, to to make it count. Nah, just just do it. Just having enough confidence to do it is hard. I think if you go out there and throw an interception, I don't think it counts. No, that would be different. Yeah, if you went out there and BS'd it. But if you went out there and tried and they got stopped on like a heroic fourth down stop or something like that, then yeah. it still would have been cold. Yeah. But either way, Michael Penix is sitting there with Jalen McMillan just rapping about how we're going to come down and win this game. And then he goes out and just does it in two plays. He does it. And I'm a little upset with the commentary crew. Speaking on how we did it too fast, you can't decide when to score a touchdown down four. You can't do that. Right. If, you, if you're in a tie game there, like I understand your commentary, but you are down. You need a touchdown. If tie it's game there, or go down by get two it. or less. Right. Um, exactly. There's no such thing as a field ball. goal there. Yeah. There's no such thing as a, uh, anything but a touchdown there. If it's there, go get it. Yeah. And for all the nonsense Ryan Grubb was doing in the second half. Two beautiful plays. A switch concept, which Husky's bread and butter gets Jalen Polk. Well, it, it actually gets him two-on-one, but when you have um, the best quarterback in the country, he will put and that the worst right safeties in. in the country. My God. And, yeah. Oregon, uh, Williams Oregon brothers safeties. misplay a deep ball again. I mean, oh. they they have they have lost Oregon the last two games against Washington with how terrible they have defended yeah. Washington's routes. They're up getting the death threats, by the way. I don't know if y'all saw that. I did. Obviously, that's that's pretty bad. That's, you can't get that, dude. There's a um, there's a fan base in Oregon that is prone to do things like that. I shouldn't say that because I've hated the way Oregon fans have found one screenshot of a, of. Like fucking Rob saying, "Hi, Rob," saying like <laughs> Bucky Irving's dad. Died. Oh my god, Rob! Like saying that in a comment section, and then an Oregon fan saying Washington fans. Like, no, it's Rob. Right. <laughs> it's right. just Rob. It's, it's like only it, Rob. It's like someone going Beaver fans. I'm like, no, it's swag. Right. It's swag. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it's swag. Oregon and, State and, fans again. And it's five yeah. screenshots. Swag. Um, it's 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 exactly. swag and, and it's and it's Oregon dot six four in twenty twenty. <laughs> Go to hell, fair, Michael. I thought those two represented the whole demographic <laughs> of Oregon State fans for a while. Oh yeah. my god! Before Connor got a before Connor got his voice and got a page, that's what that Beaver, was before, that's before, what Oregon State yeah. Beavers football was to me. Was that was y'all's swag. image, bro. That was y'all's there's image. You saved the day, and there's reason I passed him. Yeah, there's a I reason mean, you passed them. Because the real Oregon State fans want a page like Connor's, and not not every not once a month you get a political opinion. Thugs, they're all thugs. <laughs> I just do not want to see Swag's response if y'all lose another game this season. Uh, what but hey, you might not. 
Anyways, oh, I didn't see he had me blocked. Play. He blocked. <laughs> yeah, I can't see his page. Uh, do you want me to go to his caption and read you? <laughs> we don't need this. We don't need this. Yeah, we don't need this. I, I'm pretty sure that that's all deleted because he lost his page, anyways. But yeah, yeah we're giving him too much airtime. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the next play, um, Evan Williams, uh, forgets that Romo Dunze is one on one with Trick Weezy Bridges. Um. <laughs> Evan Williams just freezes. He froze. He didn't move for thirty minutes. Um, because we we do run everything to the right and we send Polk up the seam, but you have to help Trick Weezy Bridges on Rome, dude. You have to help a brother out. Um, dude, Washington so attacks Bridges one on one. Rome makes a spinning catch. Rome does something that's pretty underrated in receivers. He doesn't immediately tuck the ball in when he catches a jump ball. He holds it up with his hands. Holds and, it high, yeah. Yeah. A lot of receivers tuck that ball in as soon as they catch it and then bring it down. But when you're bringing it down, that makes the ball very, very difficult to control. Um, you just hold it with your hands as strong as you can. That makes it as stable as possible. Um, and that's a pretty great NFL trait for Rome. Um, but he goes up and does – Exactly that. Um, and Penix has his Heisman moment after after rapping about doing it. <laughs> I want to hear the bars now, though. I want to, like, know what – like, was it good? I'm sure somebody – I'm sure there's a microphone that caught it. I'm sure there's, like, someone. a person who's, like, insanely good at lip reading that can do it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like – does he have flow? Does Junior have flow? Or is... get, get, get John Boy Media out there. See if he yeah. Can yeah. Does he something. have flow like Justin? Well, oh, God. Oh. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Head bro, sign. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end up getting the ball back. <laughs> Oregon drives down and they get to the Washington or well they get to the Washington 40 and then Bo finds Terrence Ferguson over the middle. Terrence Ferguson tears both of his ACLs and dies <laughs> on the field. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Ferguson tears both of his ACLs. He grabs his right leg and holds it up. And then puts his right leg back down, moving it while doing so, and pulls his left leg up. <laughs> and Kirk Herbstreit on the broadcast um, goes, he switched legs there. I'm not sure which one's injured. You're not! <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You're not. You're not, Kirk. Not the sure which part, one the funny, is Anyways, it is, doesn't matter. You, you the thing is you could tell that it was it was like coached because Oregon still had a timeout at this point. They just wanted to save that timeout for running Cameron Lewis onto the field. And so it's just so it's so funny, dude. So much better than the um the, than last year's though. I will say that. Down. <laughs> yeah. Hudson didn't even try. And Terrence Ferguson at least but he, so he, he switched legs. He, <laughs> he did switch legs. Right. He, but I he think at least his problem to the is, act. Right, he committed to the bit. He didn't give up once it was blown. Hudson, Hudson blew it when the play started. 
and he and he kept <laughs> it rolling all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dan Lanning after the game had no choice but to say it was part of the game plan because it was so poorly faked. It was just so poorly faked. Like if Chris Hudson did a decent job, you could have said, uh, Chris has an ankle, but he's good, probably going to be good to go this week. But no. Um, yeah. It was part of the, it was part of the game plan, man. Yeah, we, we had to do it. Right. Um, well, the ball does not lie, though, in college football because Bo Nix on the next two plays would just chuck the ball out of bounds. Um, and then Camden Lewis walks on and Husky Stadium. His, his Jimmy G moment. Yeah. <laughs> it literally was his Jimmy G moment. Husky Stadium hits 130 decibels as Camden oh, Lewis walks out there. Um, the second loudest a college football stadium has ever been in the history of the game. Um, which it only is behind, um, which only is behind Husky Stadium in 1992 um, against Nebraska. Um, but it, 130 decibels, which, by the way, is 10 decibels under the threshold of pain <laughs> <laughs> slash death. <laughs> the ears of death is what they call yeah. Seattle. The threshold of pain slash death was only 10 decibels away from how loud Husky Stadium was. Camden Lewis didn't have a chance in hell of making this kick. He was no. close. He did come closer than he ever should have, but yeah, the distance was the distance was there. It's just he it looked, Yeah. Yeah. There's no shot he was There's making no the field goal. My friends no. have had a meme with Camden because Camden Lewis was awful to begin his duck career. He was one of the yeah. highest rated kickers of like the ever to go to Oregon. Um, started off terrible, and he's actually been really good this last like season and a yeah, half. Very good. Until, yeah. but that kick, people will always remember him for missing that kick. The funny thing about this is, even in his, at his worst at Oregon, he still walked off Washington State in 2019 <laughs> and cost him the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did cost me the TV. <laughs> God damn you, Camden Lewis. I'm glad you missed it. You... Oh, God. Oh, Jackson versus Camden Lewis. After, uh, yeah, no, after the I'm Ducks robbing lost, Camp of his moment. It's fine. The whole it. crowd at research erupted, and then some girl somehow brought a, uh, brought a marker and a piece of paper into the game, wrote, Ducks lost, let's party, and the whole stadium kind of went nuts. But... <laughs> so funny. I love it. Yeah. Oh, um, see, you can actually you can see, you can see the base from barstool barstool if you go to it. But right. so I walked down to that one seat. Remember the one seat that was open, the one in front of me, the one seat in the entire stadium. Oh yeah, open. I forgot about that one. So I so I stood on that and I get in front of this row of Huskies people and I just scream at them, random people. I'm just screaming at them to get the loudest they have ever been in their entire life. I am. Just co- it's like I'm the coach of the goddamn stands, <laughs> and it's not the first time in the game I did that because Zone actually has a video of me screaming, "Get so fucking loud right now!" on a third and twelve earlier in the game, um, and um, and I have no regrets because no, I feel we feel we needed every single one of those 130 decibels that we got in that stadium. Um, it was actually shaking. I couldn't keep my balance. Um, the stadium, it felt like an earthquake. Um, as Camden walked out there, I feel, I, I feel bad for him too. The lights are just too bright. Bro. <laughs> well, he was on the verge of going deaf. Um, yeah. 
that too. The recruit, the recruits that were on the field were saying like that is the craziest they have ever seen a stadium. It's <laughs> and when Camden Lewis missed the quickness of the field flooding with purple insane dude. absolutely it, incredible scene it, i saw elias johnson uh one of the recruits visiting that game from from portland i saw his video and it looked insane yeah uh, he stormed the field with them yeah yeah <laughs> oh man i love elias he he actually dm'd me after the game look at my story because he wanted me to see that <laughs> um, so elias awesome guy awesome play he's gonna be an awesome player at washington i love the build there i was a six three corner but anyways that's the end of it washington um where do you go from here um on to asu and I remember saying, where do we go from here on a live stream when we lost to Montana two years ago? Um, <laughs> and... I still have that screen recording, I believe. <laughs> and now I'm saying it with a smile across my face. Where do we go from here at 6-0, and um, the number five team in the nation? Um, we actually passed up two teams that I believe won football games. Um yes. Or Oklahoma may have been on bye. Oklahoma had a bye last week. Which, shout out to Oklahoma. I actually think they're right with Washington. They, they've pretty much had Washington's season, actually. Play about, yeah. really dominantly. Have one bit of a slip-up in conference play on the road. Cincinnati was kind of an ugly Cincinnati, one for them. Yeah, it was yeah. very ugly. Um, and then win your rivalry game um, in absolute chaos in, one of the, in a beautiful stadium venue. Um, but wow. Um, and I love my seat, by the way, I was sitting up high and I could see the sail gators. I could see the boats. I could see the lake. Um, what they, I didn't really get to see the greatest setting aspect of Husky stadium last time I was there. Cause I was front row, um, with yeah. Evan and with Evan and chase. Um, this time me and chase were really at on the greatest setting and seeing the lake and seeing the mountains and seeing the city on the other side. Um, it really is Husky Stadium. Really is something special. I love how open it is, how big it is, um, while still kind of being an open stadium um, where you can see the whole city from there. Um, it, it it really it was a dream like experience for me um, being up there. Um, what a win! Team showed a lot of grit. Like Kalen DeBoer said. Um, when he addressed the team before and after the game, you are built for this. That's what he kept saying to the guys because um, there's a lot of people that didn't think this team was physical enough to beat Oregon. There's a lot of people that didn't think this team was um, good enough defensively to hang with Oregon. A lot of people thought Oregon's defense being uh, significantly better than ours would be um, would be the difference in this game. But our defensive resolve and our toughness on those fourth downs, our ability to stand tall when the team needed us most, when the, yeah, the, when the team needed us most is really, really impressive. And the way the fans turned out was amazing. Um, just what a way to get it done. What a way to show the world what Washington football is all about. Um, because we're the talk of college football all week. Um, and when you play such a great game, that's what's going to happen. But I, I, there's, there's a bit of a negative side to that. Um, this season isn't over. There's, there's, no. thing, we haven't 
Oregon's not done. I said this in my post, my first post that I did by myself in a while. Um, <laughs> um, but um, I said in my post, um, Oregon's not done. Um, they're not even close to done. In fact, I think the most likely scenario is Washington sees Oregon again. Because um, mm-hmm. that is a phenomenal football team with a great quarterback and um, – Really, no weak, glaring weaknesses. Um, that I there's a lot of work to be done for the Huskies. Um, in terms of performances defensively, Eddie Ulafoshio, um, the heart he showed in this game, the 11 tackles, he got a sack on Bo Nix, he was all over the field. Um, Bucky was breaking tackles on everyone else, but if he ran into Eddie, he was going down. That's the man that swam across the Pacific Ocean, across the Pacific Ocean. I mean, that's, that's what he does. Um, yeah. Uh, Cold as a polar bear's toenail, baby. Uh, Dom Hampton, he's the man that deflected the first end of the first half play of Oregon. Um, if the ball that ball gets behind him, it's a Tez Johnson touchdown. So as bad as the play call was, great play by Dom to make sure it didn't happen. Braylon Trice, great this game. A lot of people will see no sacks and say, oh, he's not – he didn't perform. A lot of Huskies fans at least have said that. And it's like, well, no, Braylon Trice set that edge hard and made Oregon's running backs cut up field. If we can't tackle them when they cut up field into our linebackers, that's on them. Um, Braylon really set that edge hard and played great game in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. And Zion, like Zion had an empty stat sheet, but everyone's aware that Zion played a phenomenal game just getting after the quarterback. And MJ Ollie, of course, one tackle, one TFL. Yeah. <laughs> that might be his season stats. Let me see. Does he have another TFL all season? He has three tackles all season. As a starting player, this guy <laughs> plays every play of the game. And yeah, that's his one tackle for loss in this entire season. He just <laughs> ignited something within himself like, no, I am not losing this game. <laughs> and he went out with an absolute bang. Shout out to oh, him. Yeah. What a- display there um and mercifully that's about all i've got in this one yeah yeah well, uh do you think he went over the 30 minute mark uh certainly uh let's see <laughs> it was uh i say that i i think i was at 112 when i began so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. about 30 you guys called it yeah well, that's what you're supposed to do after a game like this. I after know. a game like that, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would be disappointed if he didn't go over 30. Yeah. yeah. I think I covered I all bases here, though. And I enjoyed my popcorn. Yeah. I'm glad my, you did. Yeah, my, my beer was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed with a couple other alcoholic beverages. Um, anyway. Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> here he goes again. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, what do you mean again, bro? <laughs> anyway, more important than anything, uh, Clamp, me and you gained two games on Connor this week. Um, uh, <sighs> I won't say it's over, but. Uh... Oh, it's over. It's over. No. no I can make. I, I can do this. It's over, bro. Why I are you talking to yourself no, like that, bro? No, I can do this. I can make my way. The thing yeah. is, I need to get some games God. different, which is okay, going to be awful. Um, how many games were played last week? Because I, all I know is just add two losses to Connor. How many games total were played? Uh, six. Everybody played, right? Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, everybody played. Six. Okay, so. 
Uh, well, no, that would mean somebody had a bye week. Who had a bye week last week? Arizona State had a bye week last week. Yeah. Yes. Just one. Oh, USC, right. No, USC no. played a non-conference game. Gotcha. Arizona, but still, Arizona State mercifully had a bye Connor week. Connor moves to forty-six and nine. I move to forty-eight and five. Or no, I move to fifty and five. Got to give myself six wins there. Jackson does the same, fifty and five. So, time to lock in. Wow, that's a lot of games. Holy shit, we predicted fifty-five games. We're already um, so we're already seven weeks in, dude. Yeah, that's scary to think about. All right, well, yeah, but um, the best is let the best is yet to come, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but this is this is a great spot to be. Um, having a ton of fun so far. I'm really happy that Clamp was able to experience that. That was awesome. Um, shout, shout out Camden Lewis, man. Um, look, the thing is, like, is my my friends were talking about how, like, you know, like, um, you can't you can't miss a kick like that, you know. It's like Cameron Lewis's fault. But I was like, you know, probably shouldn't have been in that spot to begin with. You convert that fourth down if you don't run a rollout to your quarterback's weak hand, get a stop defensively. You had multiple chances to win this game before getting to this kick. You never want to it, put the game on the foot of your kick. My philosophy. If the kick is over 42 yards, it's not the kicker's fault. <laughs> well, philosophy, you got him by one. Yeah, my philosophy is if it's – if it's No, if, 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 if it's if over you, 40 yards, sorry. Over if, 40 if you had a fourth-quarter lead and your kicker misses a game tying field goal, it's not your kicker's fault. I would no. say if it's within 10 yards of – if it's within your ten, within 10 yards of your kicker's longest possible kick, mm-hmm. like – if your kicker has hit from 55 and you put him out there from 48, that's probably not the best spot. If your right. kicker's longest kick is 55 and you put him out there from 42, he should make the kick.